What's up, future PTAs? I have an important announcement to tell you guys before we get started with today's episode. So, on Sunday, July 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be hosting a free masterclass webinar to help students prepare for the October 2023 exam. Now, there will be a recording if you can't make it live, so no worries, but I love doing this webinar because it helps students feel like they're actually going to be in control of their studying and helps students gain more confidence going into the exam and honestly just if you don't even know where to start or what to do, show up to this webinar. It's going to help you just recalibrate yourself, figure out what do I need to do in order to be successful on this exam, and it's a good time. So Sunday, July 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. To register, the link is in the show notes down below. Take care. Now on to the show. All right, welcome to Talking All Things Cardiopalm and PTA Elevation. We're doing a dual podcast today. So I wanted to introduce myself. I'm Rachel Barisi, a physical therapist, and we have with us today Brianna Drapp. Uh, Brianna, would you like to do a little intro? Yeah, my name is Brianna Drapp. I am a physical therapist assistant licensed in Pennsylvania. I also am going back to PT school, so I'm a first-year PT student at the University of Pittsburgh. Also, my CSES, we're just going to drop all the credentials. Um, and I own a business called PTA Elevation, which helps PTA students pass the NPTE with less stress, less anxiety, and feeling more confident on exam day. So that's pretty much what I'm doing, making the NPTE simple, easy to understand, and pass it on your first attempt. I love that. I love that. Uh, doing a similar thing on the PT side of things, uh, just trying to give digestible information and hoping to help PTAs as well. So one conversation that we've been having on uh, DM is really talking about ABGs and what it means and really where people get hung up on. So you would say um, your followers, your listeners do get hung up on ABGs. Yeah. Yeah. So ABG stands for arterial blood gases. And because um, there's so many acronyms, we want to make sure we're on the right track. Uh, and we get really confused. So this is like, you know, our partial pressure of CO2, partial pressure of oxygen, like what's important, what's good, what's bad, what does it mean? And what does it mean yeah. when they're together? That's really the big thing. Lab <laughs> values. That's another thing that confuses a lot of people. I had somebody yeah. today just tell me like, if I could just stuff lab values in my brain, I'd be like so much less anxious. So these are a lot of things that confuse a lot of students, especially Absolutely. as we get into the pathologies associated with them. Absolutely. I do want to put a plug in for the acute care section. So acute care section just put out their new set of lab value manuals. So take a look at that. Go to the acute care APTA section. Uh, they have a new lab manual that you can look at, digest, and take out all the important information. But we're going to talk a little bit about arterial blood gases. And so the first thing I really just want to kind of put out there is why we are looking at ABGs. Like when are we going to see ABGs in clinic? So typically when an arterial blood, arterial blood gas is drawn, the patient's typically in the ICU setting, potentially in the emergency department, there's something acute going on. And so what they're doing is assessing if the person is hypoxemic, so they have oxygen saturation problems, maybe a problem with alveolar ventilation where they're literally not having good gas exchange. So that's usually the main thing, right? Your person comes in and they're short of breath potentially, their SpO2 is tanked, likely an ABG is going to be drawn. And then from that ABG, we really are looking at two big pieces. One, are they hypoxemic? And that's really the only time you look at oxygen. That's what it tells you. If you have a PaO2, a partial pressure oxygen, less than 80, then we consider that hypoxemic. 
when we're usually around less than 60, that's when the person is considered to be in respiratory failure. Outside of that parameter, oxygen actually isn't the main thing that we look at. So when we're looking at ABGs, what they're trying to figure out is the person in acidosis or alkalosis. So that's step one. And then the second part of that is what's causing the problem. So you can be in respiratory acidosis or alkalosis, or you can be in metabolic acidosis or alkalosis. So if you are trying to assess ABGs on a test question, typically what they'll do is they'll give you the normal ABG parameters, which are pH, partial pressure CO2, oxygen, and bicarbonate. When you're trying to figure out acidosis versus alkalosis, you can kind of eliminate oxygen from the, you know, the series, because the only thing oxygen is telling you is if the, if the person is hypoxemic, normal, and in some cases, hyperoxemic. What they're really asking is acidosis versus alkalosis. So people get really tripped up on this, but after many attempts of trying to learn those, you know, in PT school, out in clinic, you see ABGs quite a bit. It wasn't until after my residency when I started teaching ABGs that I really was able to break this down into simple form. So first things first, you always check pH. So you have your pH, your partial pressure CO2, and your bicarbonate. Let's go through the ranges first, I guess would be the easiest thing. So normal pH should be between 7.35 to 7.45. Perfect world number is technically 7.4. So anytime you have the range, the perfect number is in the middle of that range. But when you're looking at it, if we're less than 7.35, we call it acidosis. If it's greater than 7.45, we call it alkalosis. So the first thing you do when you name an ABG is look at the pH and determine is it acidosis or alkalosis? Step one. Step two is figuring out who is causing the problem. So I like to call it the problem child. Who's the problem child? Who's making the pH acidotic or alkalotic? So then what you do is you look at the partial pressure CO2. The partial pressure CO2 range is 35 to 45. So the easy way to remember that is it's the same as pH, just drop the seven. So less things to memorize. Same thing, perfect world CO2 is 40, just mid-range. CO2 is considered the respiratory parameter. So, and it's acidic. In nature, CO2 is acidic. So if we have a range from 35 to 45, if we have high CO2, I name it acid. If you have low CO2, less than 35, name it, call it basic. So some people don't like uh, the fact that I'll literally call CO2 acid or basic, but it will keep you honest when you're naming it. So literally, if you have your numbers written out, write the words next to it so you can't mess up and always write out the range on the paper. So when, whether you're taking the NPT for PTs or PTAs, you should have a whiteboard available, write it out so there's no chance of messing up. 
So if you have a pH, you're going to name it acidotic versus alkalotic. Then you're going to look at your CO2 and you're going to ask yourself, is it normal, acidic, or basic? Whatever it is, it'll tell you if it's the problem child or not. Or not. Then you go to bicarb. Normal bicarb is between 22 and 26. Perfect world is 24. If we're thinking about bicarb, bicarb is the metabolic parameter. So when you think metabolic, you're thinking kidneys as being a problem. And it is known as a base. So if your bicarb is high, we're going to call it basic, so greater than 26. If your bicarb is low, you're going to call it an acid. When you name it, what you're basically doing is matching your pH to whichever matches it. So if your CO2 is high and it's acidic and your pH is acidic, well, now you're going to name it respiratory acidosis. If your bicarb is high and your pH is high, showing basic, they both match, then you're going to call it a metabolic alkalosis. So when they match, they name. So always check the pH first, name it acidosis versus alkalosis. And then part two is figure out who's causing the problem, who's moving the pH, and you're good. If you write it out, you're going to be set. How do you feel wow. about that? I needed this in cardio palm. <laughs> that's, that's what I needed. No, this is amazing because it's just a simple, you know, recipe. Like the boards, when it asks exactly. questions, they don't really go into all that weird, like partially compensated, uncompensated, all of this other stuff, even though we know it's connected. We know if right. we want to get into technicalities, but yep. they're pretty black and white. They're like, if pH is high. And then, you know, partial pressure of CO2 is high and bicarb's normal, then it's going to be respiratory acidosis, right? Correct. Oh, no, well, well, I said pH should be uh, low for said, that. It'd be alkalosis, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. It would be, it would be, hold on, wait, I have to flip the numbers around. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out it's if hard. we have to. That's See, hard. look, I even get confused. You, you write, it down, write it down. Write it down. I'm, I'm doing it on my thing. So I'm going to write it out right now. So if we have low pH. Yep. And then we have high pCO2. Respiratory acidosis. Respiratory acidosis because if bicarb is normal. Because they're going to have it as bicarb Correct. normal to make sure they're not throwing off. So Correct. bicarb normal. So we'll talk and, about that in a second. But mm -hmm. I wanted to do like an example so that the numbers – because hearing it is sometimes hard without seeing the numbers in front of you. Mm -hmm. But basically when you're writing it down, always match it. Just play the matching game. It's just a puzzle. It's a fun puzzle if you can nerd out with it and enjoy the process versus like freaking out that you have an ABG in front of you. Exactly. So, so go for going it. through your steps, yep. identify the pH. Yep. Is the pH too high or is it too low? And mm -hmm. they won't give you like, they won't give you the end range. So they're not going to say it's 7.35 because that's just rude. They're going to say it's 7.3 or something like that to get it out of the range that you know it's low. So no right. need to worry about that. I know there's a lot of sources out there that get confused. Like even my bicarb numbers for school were different. You're telling me it's 22 to 26. That's what score builders textbook says. That's what therapy ed says. That's what I've seen on the boards. I'm sticking with that. Screw whatever my, my school yep. says. I already passed those classes. So stick with what the numbers, the, the books generally have close enough ranges. And they're this close. is true for any lab value. If they're going to give you a lab value on the boards, they're going to give it way outside the range that you know for sure it's too high or too low. Like, White Correct. blood cell, they'll get you, give you like 15,000. You're like, okay, that's definitely not high. That's definitely high. They're not going to give you like 10,746. Right. Like they're not going to do something like that. They're it's going to be obvious. Liar. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So first identify pH, see if it's yep. high or low. Then see is which one's out of whack, which one's not in the normal range. Is it bicarb or is it um, par- uh, partial pressure of CO2? And bicarb will be written as what? CO3 minus? Yep. Correct. HCO3 minus. HCO3 minus. Yep. Forgot the H. HCO3 minus. <laughs> I had to take chemistry, guys. <laughs> so they'll have that. And then because that's a base, if there's right. too much of bicarb, that means it's going to be more basic. Right. Correct. And then if there's not a lot of bicarb, that means it's going to be more acidic. And if it's bicarb out of whack, then it's going to be metabolic, whatever. Whatever matches the pH. That's the key. Correct. Has to match the pH. mm -hmm. And so if you go through and you're answering your question and then you want to go back and see like, okay, like, did my answer actually make sense? Like, let's see you flag it. Just go and see, do my pH and whatever value I think is wrong match up. Correct. Right. Exactly. So let's do an example just because it'll make life a little bit mm-hmm. easier. Okay, so we have a pH of 7.30. So the first thing we do is we look at our range. We say mm-hmm. this is low. Low mm-hmm. means acidic. Write it out. Don't just write the word low because I know plenty of times students will mess up high and low on this. Mm-hmm. Low pH is acidic. Your partial pressure CO2 is 49. You look at your range 35 to 45 it's showing co2 is increased which means it's acidic so now you have ph's acidosis your co2 is acidic so you already have in your mind something but you're going to check bicarb anyway bicarb gets checked bicarb is 23. you know that bicarb normal is 22 to 26 so you write that as normal so you name it now You have a pH which says acidosis. I always write the pH down first. And then you say, who caused it to be acidotic? Your CO2, which is your respiratory parameter. So you have a respiratory acidosis. End of story, you follow that rule and you're good to go. Perfect, there you go. And this is exactly how the board's gonna set up because you very easily have four possible answers. (laughs) Correct. It can be metabolic or respiratory. It's going to be acidosis or alkalosis. And they'll just interchange those things. Like I've written sample questions. This is probably the easiest one to write because you just put the values and then you have your four answers already there. So if you see this, don't panic. You can automatically get rid of two answers right off the bat. Right. And then you'll see which one's out of whack. If it's CO2, just think respiratory, think CO, like partial pressure CO2. Start thinking that. Metabolic, think bicarb. Correct. 100%. So then another common question is, do you correct for the problem or do you compensate for the problem? Mm -hmm. So that's a common question that they might ask, or how does the body correct or compensate? So this is again, an easy thing to do. So if the body is going to correct, Mm -hmm. that means the parameter that caused the problem fixes itself. So if you have respiratory acidosis and you're going to correct for the problem, that means the lungs are going to fix itself. So if you have respiratory acidosis, that means you have high acid in the system. The body would correct itself by blowing out the CO2. So we say you blow off the CO2. The lungs are going to to get it out. If the lungs can't correct, because let's say we're in failure, then the metabolic system is going to compensate. So the kidneys 
will compensate for the problem. And the way the kidneys are gonna compensate for the problem is they're gonna excrete via the urine, acid or base, depending on what is the problem. So if we have acidosis, we have high acid, it's going to excrete more acid, AKA base is gonna increase. Mm -hmm. So it's going to just do this move. It's gonna go up and down. So if so it's going to try high, to get more bicarb. Correct. So it's going to increase the bicarb level. Correct. Because that's the base. So it's trying to neutralize it. And right. again, like for the boards, they don't always go this in depth of right. like what's happening. Just it will be, the, they will ask like, how would the body correct for this? So like if you have respiratory acidosis, how do you get to respiratory acidosis? Let's, well, we can talk about pathologies could have COPD or something like that where they can't get air out. So they're just getting all this air stuck in there, which that Mm -hmm. air includes CO2. It starts to increase. What they sometimes try to do to get rid of it is the hyperventilation, but because they can't get air out, it's not really working too well. Um, And then if you're thinking of what could cause alkalosis, it could be something that the person's hyperventilating a lot and blowing off a lot of CO2 inadvertently because maybe they're trying to, you know, maybe they have, you know, a, a, restrictive lung disease and they're trying to get more air in they end up hyperventilating and it does the opposite effect 100 so if anybody's lost right now just pause (laughs) rewind and start to think start putting like if you want to put like base next to bicarb and then like you know acid next to partial pressure of co2 it's pretty confusing but when it comes to a board's question when you see it and if you know these parameters like what does this actually mean like it's not just a value it's not just a number on a page that you have to memorize if you understand why the hell it's even there in the first place sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to swear you're allowed to say (laughs) okay like I'm like if you don't know why it's there in the first place it's going to be very hard to conceptualize this that's why I always tell people stop trying to memorize and start to really truly understand what's going on because the boards is going to ask you questions with multiple layers it's like a freaking onion going 50 layers deep and as long as you can follow along with what all that fluff is saying in the question and pull out the important things like the keywords the values and stuff and you can put them together and synthesize them the answer is right there and you'll be able to figure it out sorry I went on a little rant there but no it's it's totally correct it's the whole thing is a puzzle and there are ways to Mm -hmm. memorize these things but I'm at that point in my life where I can no longer memorize it just doesn't stick that way so I think when you understand the concept and you can kind of work it out like a problem it's easy to go so regardless of whether it's acidosis or alkalosis or it's a respiratory problem or a metabolic problem if the body corrects the thing that caused the problem fixes it and if the body compensates the opposite system has to go in the opposite direction essentially Exactly. So like, let's say we have somebody who has COPD and they're going into respiratory acidosis because they can't get air out and they're getting stuck. So their partial pressure of CO2 is rising, but because of their anatomy, they cannot compensate via the lungs. So they're going to have to switch over to the metabolic system, which means that the kidneys are going to excrete a lot of what hydrogen ions and then bicarb is going to start increasing bicarb's a base trying to even it out. Try to neutralize that pH. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, why somebody with COPD can go into a multi-system organ failure via the kidneys. Bang, there it is. See, now 100%. it makes sense. Like now that we talked about, I had all these things separately, but then. You just have to bring it together. I think once you think about who causes the problem with the pH, everything else falls in line. Always figure 100%. out the problem child, and then you'll know the next part. 
period. Mm -hmm. So then there's one more concept and you can tell me if this is too far, but they may ask, are you uncompensated, partially compensated or compensated? And that's when people really get thrown off. Yeah. And I, that's more of going to be a PT question. Cause I okay. had never seen that anywhere in PTA stuff, but just okay. for my PTA friends, like you will have patients who are experiencing this. You can just put this in your toolbox for later if you totally. want to, but I do think it's, you definitely need to talk about this for your, your people. Yeah. Um, Cause this is what I literally sat here, Rachel, on one of my practicals and she's like, is it partially, or is it fully, is it uncompensated? I stared at her. And I was like, I know this is alkalosis. And I, don't know, I don't know anything else. So you can you can go into it with so the works. so what everything that we talked about so far, where the opposite system hasn't helped, where the opposite system shows normal, you're uncompensated. So if you have an abnormal pH and you have a problem child that's clearly out of whack, and the opposite system, the compensator hasn't moved you're uncompensated. You just have a problem, right? And you've named it respiratory acidosis or alkalosis or metabolic acidosis or alkalosis. And that's most of how it will show up on the PTA exam will be like, one's out of whack, the other one's fine. And then the pH is off. Right. Where it gets tricky is when you have two numbers out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so the same rules apply. If you can look at the pH first, determine if it's acidosis, alkalosis, and then look for your problem child, you're going to be good, even though both numbers are out of whack because you understand the concept now. Mm-hmm. So essentially what happens is exactly what Brianna described before. You have the patient who has COPD, they're in respiratory acidosis, their body cannot correct for the problem, so their kidneys kick in and they excrete more acid, aka hydrogen, So their base starts to rise and that's what's going to even out your pH. So when you're fully compensated, what you see is a normal pH. Your original problem child is still out of whack. And then you're going to see the compensator also out of whack in the opposite direction. So your base starts to rise to correct for the acidosis. So you would have in the example we're talking about, partial pressure of CO2 would be 49, like we still talked about. And then you would have the bicarb also being high at like 30. So if it's completely uncompensated, you see them go in the same direction and then the pH is normal. So the pH will be in the range, right? So this is where Mm -hmm. understanding the concept works. So if you started in respiratory acidosis, and your pH is now normal, let's say it went from 7.30, like we had before Mm -hmm. in our example, now it might be Mm 7.35. So it's still leaning. So at the end range of normal. uh, But towards acid. Yeah. So your whoever's acidic in your problem is still your problem child. And then when you see that base out of whack, that's your compensator. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if you, so like when we chatted about this before, we were talking about like the ones out of whack, how do you know which one's causing the problem? You have to look at that pH first. So So if if it's like super close to that acid, like it's like one more away from being an acid, then you're okay. This is like definitely going to be acidosis going on. So you can look at that and be like acidosis. Then you can figure out 
which one was causing the problem. So then how do you figure out which one's causing the problem if you see it at the end range of normal? Because it's still close to the acid. So the way I write it on my paper is normal, but near acidic. So then you look for who is acidic. Which value is acidic? Is it your Mm -hmm. CO2 or your bicarb? And then you've named it, right? And then you can find out who's compensating for the issue in the opposite direction. And then if it's in the range, it would be fully compensated. And then if it's like getting close, but not quite, it would be partially compensated. If it was seven, three, four, partially compensated, but both numbers are out of whack. Does that make sense? That makes sense. See, I needed this before my practical. (laughs) I'm going to give this to the next class of students. Just watch this before you go into your cardio ball. The thing is, is all you have to do is look at the pH. If you look at the parameters first, you're going to be out of whack. You'll figure it out in the, when you have a normal, but once you have two numbers out of line, then you're stuck. If you don't think about the pH as the first part. So always check your pH, determine if it's normal, acidotic, or alkalotic. And if it's leaning towards one side, note it, and then name your other two and just be super black and white about it. Say acid, acid, normal, acid, acid, base. You and know, the board's worse than black and white. It's the only thing that does because the world's gray. The world is gray. Everything is, it depends, except for ABGs, which is why it's fun. So just write it out, be very black and white about it, and then there's no issue. So we can we can run through an example. I have some examples pulled up. Let me get it. Oh yeah, that'll be great. Let me Let me get a good one up. So let's do, you want to do a partially compensated or a fully compensated? Um, I think fully is maybe easier. Let's start with an uncompensated and then go to a fully and then to a partially just so then I can be like, okay, so PTAs, this is how it's going to show up on the exam. And okay. then. So we'll do the same uncompensated that we did earlier and we'll just run through it mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll move on to a different one. So uncompensated, we have a pH. That's 7.3. Yep. We and have a, this will be how it shows up on the PTA exam. So if right. people had zoned out, this yes. back Come in, back, back in. Come back in. This is how it's going to show up on the PTA exam. Okay, 7.3. 7.3 is our pH. Partial pressure is CO2 is 49. And our bicarb is 23. So we have three things to look at. First thing you do is look at your pH. 7.3 is less than your range of 7.35 to 7.45. So you're going to write the word acid. CO2 is 49. It is increased. It's outside your range of 45. Acid. Bicarb is 23. It's within your range. It's normal. So we're going to name it respiratory acidosis. And it's uncompensated because bicarb hasn't moved to do anything to help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Makes sense. Yeah. We'll give a different one. I think I have a fully compensated somewhere. There we go. Okay. We have a pH of 7.41, a partial pressure CO2 47, a bicarb 29. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our pH is 7.41. So if we're so thinking about be... our range, 735 to 745, we have 7.41 with which is within the range. But what are you going to note? It's Which closer way does to it basic. Lean? It's closer to basic. So write normal, parentheses, basic. That's what so I did. You, 
So you know who you're now who you're looking for your problem child, right? Mm -hmm. So CO2 is 47. Normal range is 35 to 45. CO2 is our acid parameter for lungs. It is high, which means we're going to write the word acid. Okay, doesn't match your pH. So let's check our bicarb. Bicarb is 29. Normal bicarb is 22 to 26. It's higher than 26. We know bicarb is our base, which is a metabolic parameter, and it is high. So we're going to name it base. So now you look at it and you have your name. You have a metabolic alkalosis. Why do you have a metabolic alkalosis? Because your pH is showing normal, but it's leaning basic, and your metabolic parameter is high, which matches that pH. So metabolic is your problem child. Your kidneys were the original issue, and your lungs are trying to compensate for the issue. So it's being more acid, it's hypoventilating, to fix the pH problem. Mm -hmm. I think that's also something that boards will ask about. Does somebody with, you know, and this would be uncompensated, just like straight respiratory acidosis, what's going on with their breathing pattern? And like, they might be like, they put like, you know, hyper, hypo, eupenia, or like dyspnea. They'll throw something in there that's like, okay, everyone's has trouble breathing, but like, what's the real answer? And so acidosis is associated with our, hypoventilation while alkalosis is our hyper ventilation and the reason is is when you're breathing you blow out co2 so if you're Mm -hmm. hyperventilating you're you're blowing off more co2 which means that number is going to go down Mm -hmm. when you're not co2 right when you're hypoventilating you're retaining said co2 so that number is gonna go up on the other end of the spectrum, your kidneys, it's all about what's excreting. So you can say you're excreting more base or retaining more acid. So always have both of those verbiage side by side because it could be asked either way, if that makes sense. Makes sense base, to me. retain acid. It's the same thing. It's just showing which is doing what. So where's bicarb going? It's going up or down. If it's going up, it's basic. It's going down, exactly. it's acidic. All right, let's do one more. Mm-hmm. And then I think we uh, I think we've hit it. I think so right, too. Let's do a partially compensated. So this is like the middle of the road deal. Okay. All right. So we have a pH of 7.53, a partial pressure CO2 of 25, and a bicarb of 20. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, so let's name it. pH 7.4, I'm sorry, 7.53. Our normal is 7.35 to 7.45. So this is high. When you have high pH, that means it's basic or alkalotic. And this is outside of that norm. So it's true alkalosis. Your CO2 is 25. Normal CO2 is 35 to 45. So it's low. What does it mean when CO2 is low? What are we going to name it? We're going to name it basic. Our bicarb is 20. Normal bicarb is 22 to 26. Bicarb is also low. Bicarb is normally 
known as a base, but if it's on the low end, we call it acid. So then you line them up, right? Who is matching the pH? Who is causing the issue? Who is your problem child? Your problem child is CO2, your lungs. So you have a respiratory alkalosis. But because both parameters are outside of normal, you're partially compensated because what it's telling you is bicarb is trying to fix it. Bicarb is trying to compensate. It just hasn't accomplished it yet. So what I actually like in clinic is that when you see ABGs, you actually see the trend. So you watch the change happen over time versus just having this random set of numbers. But what you do need to realize is that you're gonna see change as they're medically assisting the person and as the body is trying to correct or compensate. Mm -hmm. And it's usually associated with how much oxygen they're on, what setting they're in. So just watch it change over time. On the boards, you don't have that opportunity. You just go one snapshot, which is what an and you're like, oh man, what's going on? What's going on? Figure it out. So I think this is fun. It's just a puzzle. Always start with the pH, then find your problem child. You'll have your name and then you can decide whether you're uncompensated, partially compensated or fully compensated. Wow. That was so much help. That was helpful. I think, I Good. think that, I think that my people will find it helpful. I'm sure Good. your people will find it helpful as well. Like, I think that this is amazing. Um, Rachel's going to be found everywhere. If you type in all things cardio palm, she is there, her website and everything. All the things, Instagram, the, things. the website. I'm officially on Twitter. That's new. Oh man. I don't even think I have a Twitter. <laughs> I feel old. I'm like, how do I work this thing? I'm learning. I have, I have a, like my own Twitter. That's like the only thing I have that's private because I don't even know what I tweeted when I was in middle school. I don't trust myself. No, I have no idea. I'm like, okay, we're learning this new platform. I didn't tweet for two years and I posted that. I just want to catch a pigeon. <laughs> and, that was the moment, and then I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to post for another two years, but no is. PTA elevation stuff is on Instagram, YouTube. We got Facebook page, PTA board study group. Oh, what tell else me, do I have? Tell me the name of your YouTube channel. It's just PTA elevation. Okay. So pretty consistent across the board. Pretty consistent. Look for me anywhere. Podcast is PTA elevation. Some of you guys are listening to it on right now and you're like, Oh, hello. Hi. It's like so anyone who's studying for their PTA and PTE, Look for PTA Elevation from Brianna Drapp. She's got tons of content for you. Lots of lives on the daily. Always be on the lookout. That's awesome. All right. That's a good time. You got, any, you got anything else? I mean, I don't I don't think so. I just think that just follow you for help because this, this helped me so much. I'm definitely going to share this good. with everybody. This is helpful. Um, thank you so much for your time, first of all. Thank you, too. Appreciate being here. And the big thing about the PTA versus PT stuff is – PT is going to be more examination techniques, like, you know, chest wall expansion, you know, determining like what's appropriate for the patient. And then PTA stuff is going to be interventions. What are we doing? Are we doing purse lip breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, segmental? What's going on? So if you can understand that sort of difference in things, don't get too overwhelmed, especially with PTAs. There's a lot of PT stuff out there, not as much PTA. If you're seeing a lot of evaluation and examination techniques and assessment stuff, that's going to be more PT questions. But if it's like breathing techniques, pacing, exercise you know interventions that is a hundred percent your thing so look at that for sure so and that's really the main difference that i've noticed so far just want to throw that in there before we it. wrapped it up i think that's good i think that's a good send-off
All right. If you have any questions, reach out to All Things Cardio Pulm or PTA Elevation. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. And whatever you have to do, get after it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.